Okay, so this is a uh, direct uh, quotation. Well, I'm just going to say what I think the question is. Um, uh, so it says over here that the sentence to be put to death if not observing Shabbat. Do you remember you emailed me that question? Yes. Uh, how do you deal with that? That's, that's kind of the question. So let's just forget get the, uh, get the terms you know, of the question, um, what I think you're asking. Um, I think you're asking that it doesn't seem reasonable that if someone, I don't know, um, plucks a uh, sapling out of the ground, that they should be executed. It doesn't seem like it's an executable offense. Is that the question? No, it, it, no, there's more to it. There's more to the question. What's the question? There's more to it was the fact that we don't do it. We don't do it. Well, it's well, that, done, that, so that why was it even mentioned? I mean, there'd be nobody left. Well, well, that's well, that's uh, well, that's that. Why do you say the reason why it's not done today? Of course, is because the Jewish law is not practiced. Right. right. The only way for the Jewish law to be practiced is if they Jews have sovereignty over Israel, and 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 the Jewish law is the law of the land, not common law like it is today. And Torah law, Torah law, biblical. Let's not get involved Sharia here. I don't know what anything about Muslim law. I mean, it's the law that the the, the, the Torah outlines uh, many, many laws. It's a comprehensive law book, primarily. uh, And the laws are relating to uh, everything from interpersonal laws, like what to do when someone steals from someone else, or there's even the claim of theft, or property laws, and, uh, you know, and, you know, the, the kind of laws that we have in, today, and then there's also the ritual law, the kind of the spiritual laws, the laws of Shabbat, and the laws of purity, and the laws of sacrifices, etc. But the Torah gives us a comprehensive law guide for every potential situation uh, in the world. Additionally, it gives us the laws of, of how we practice law. How do we adjudicate this? Different kinds of courts, and how they're constructed, and, how, and, and who's, who could be a judge, and who could be witnesses, and the processes, and the cross-examinations, and... You know, just and the three different kinds of courses: a three-person court, a twenty-three-person court, a seventy-one-person court—person uh, court—and how they engage and how they approach uh, uh, whatever scenario, whatever legal situation is brought to them. So, so, so that's what that's what we mean. When we say Torah, we mean it's everything. You know, and that's the way it was practiced. Uh, now, another uh, supposition in your question, Bernie, was that this was never practiced. Well, in fact, in the Torah itself. Just in the narrative of the Torah, it talks about the guy who was collecting twigs. Remember that guy? One that was put to death. And he was put to death. Right. That's right. So to say that it never happened, that's, that's a little bit of a stretch. I, I, don't, I don't mean it never happened. I'm just saying it just didn't, it didn't make sense. Of that particular yes, it was overkill. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so that's the question. Because the question is how is it a proper response to, to, to that violation. Now, I, I think we could think of other things. You know, we could think of other, I guess, idolatry. Well, idolatry, we think we understand. Because idolatry is a complete repudiation of anything Jewish. Um, you know, but the, they, they practice capital punishment for adultery. You know, I think in today's day and age, uh, adultery is, you know, it's not as frowned upon as it was in, in yesteryear, you know, in years past. <laughs> Janet, Janet, you could say that it might deter a lot of people from doing it. Yeah, but I think it's, that's a reflection of an attitude. Yes, but the, uh, the proof for it is huge. I mean, you have to have more than just the people present. You have to have witnesses. Yeah, witnesses. You have to have forewarning. And they, have exactly. to, they have to pass the, the, the cross-examination. Right, so the laws of, of actually adjudicating are very, very 
complex, and they're designed to make sure that everyone gets that, that, that everyone. That is interesting. How do you, not to get into the weeds too much in this, but how do you have witnesses to an actual act of adultery? Is that it's unless you were having orgies? Uh, how, how do you, uh, uh, which, by the way, that would invalidate the witnesses themselves if they're yeah. participating, well, you right? Could have somebody <laughs> observing, I guess. Yeah, so that's yeah. so that's why it's it's very unlikely for this to have happened. But no, no decision in court, the decision, no decision could be made, no case could be made uh, unless there was unless there was witnesses. So how that happens, that that probably once again lowers the frequency rate of, of these things actually happening, of course. Uh, but. You know, I think today, like you said, like to, like in, in the United States, the only thing that we could execute someone for, I think, is is murder. Is that right? Some states yeah. used to have, and our attorney maybe could, could pick up on it, but some states actually used to have, like I know Georgia, there was a Supreme Court case. Georgia had the death penalty for rape. Well, yeah, I read that in college. Well, we know that tre- maybe treason as well. Like uh, Julius yeah. and Ethel. Well, yeah, and yeah. Ethel. What a name! Thank God they got rid of it, right? They were fall guys. Ethel. No, no, they mean, were guilty. Yeah, Khrushchev's papers came out or something. It seems like they, they were. They guilty. maybe they were guilty, but not quite as guilty. One was guilty more than the other. Yeah, I think the uh, no, that makes the husband is one. Yeah. Either either way, when the Torah gives us these laws, it, it's presented a perspective. So uh, to the Torah. At least the Torah's view, uh, adultery is, is a big no-no. It's, it's, it's a huge no-no. And as is murder as well, of course. Um, but either way... I see adultery, as far as uh, capital punishment, for adultery, much more than I see. Okay, well, but I'm saying, but that's a... Per- I, I understand, but my point is, is that I'm just expanding your question to say that the perspective that us, that we have today, doesn't align most certainly with Shabbat. You know, it doesn't make sense that you should have someone outside the synagogue and Bethany Shur and just executing everyone who's driving the shul on Shabbat, right? <laughs> that doesn't seem. Uh, and and even even things which maybe a little make a little bit more sense, like adultery, uh, that 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 seems a little bit like a stretch for us. But I, well, I will want to point out that in ancient times, murder, uh, or, or or at least executing someone or killing someone for even minor offenses, that wasn't a big deal. Um, we find this great story about Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh and Abraham. So Abraham comes, he's, he's traveling to Pharaoh, and he tells his wife, Sarah, you're so beautiful. Okay, let's make believe you're my sister. Because if I say you're my wife, they'll kill me. Right? Why, why would they kill him if, if, uh, if she's his wife? Because then she'd be free. She'd be free. So, so to them, that, what does that tell us about their perspective? Yeah. To them, adultery was a huge no-no. But murder was okay, yeah. you know, which is which is interesting how, how that kind of the kind of flips. So 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 I think the response to your question is like this. So we know in the year fifteen of the Common Era, the the court, the Sanhedrin, uh, uh, sorry, the year thirty, fifteen is is where it is in the in the in the page in Shabbos. Sorry, uh, in the year thirty, so forty years before the temple was destroyed, the Sanhedrin they left Jerusalem. Now, one of the prerequisites of a Jewish court meeting out capital punishment is that the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court, has to be in Jerusalem. If the Supreme Court is not in Jerusalem, no matter if there's other established courts elsewhere, they cannot execute anyone. Now, why did they leave Jerusalem voluntarily? Right? The, the temple was still in session. The Jewish people still had a very strong community there. You know? So why did they leave? They left because by leaving, they ensured that no one 
can give out capital punishments. Because right? once they forced the hand, basically. Now, the Talmud tells us the reason why they did that is because there was a prevalence of murder. Now, we know that at this time, we talked about the history classes, at this time there was an uptick in violence, and therefore they were being way too busy. The courts were being way too busy dealing with capital crime cases, and therefore they left. Now, you would think... And isn't that, isn't that the opposite, of perhaps, of what you should be doing? Like, if there's a greater need, if there's more crime, well, then you should have more judge, more justice. Well, they didn't agree with uh, that. Obviously, they didn't agree with uh, that. So, so this, this sheds light on what the attitude is for Jewish uh, adjudication of capital punishment. The only situation that... Capital punishment is, is – is, or, or the system is designed that capital punishment should be so rare that it should almost never happen. In fact, the, Tal- the Talmud says that if a court kills once every seven years, it's a bloody court. And the other opinion says once every 70 years. These laws are designed for a nation that views Shabbat, uh, Shabbat, um, uh, um, Shabbat observance as such an important thing and desecration Shabbat as such a terrible thing. That that should, you know, that that's that's unbelievable. You know, obviously it's a very very pious generation. That to them it was Shabbat, like uh, desecration, was so, you know, it was so anathema that if it would happen, it would like change the world. It's once every seven years. Oh gosh, like like the, the, you know, this would be the biggest story. You know, that's the the laws are not designed uh, uh, for, or the laws are not designed to be. Uh, uh, the punishments of the laws are not designed to be uh, fulfilled. And played out often. Thus, if the nation is not on the level where this is a rarity, well, then Jewish the Jewish law will wear out. You know, we close a close up shop. This is not designed for that kind of nation. So you say, uh, how can you, how can you actually for, for Shabbat for, for Shabbat desecration? Well, you could if that was something that was tantamount to murder. Well, now it isn't. It's not tantamount to murder. So uh, so therefore, for us, we don't have that. Rabbi. If it's not tantamount, uh, this is something I personally have always wrestled with because I, I personally support the death penalty for murder in today's world. But uh, I, I've always had a problem with non-murder type of offenses, and, and particularly in our scriptures. So when you say the system was designed, or you say, but the Torah says one thing, and the system is kind of contradicting it. Isn't How's it? that? Well, if the Torah gives the example of putting someone to death for gathering sticks, yes, and that is the supreme law of the land, yeah. you know, so yeah. to speak, yeah. then by finding some excuse not to do it, aren't we supposed to build a fence around the Torah? Yeah, so it's also important um, that if someone, the only way someone can actually get executed is if they're kind of asking for it, means if, if they're deliberately and egregiously uh, um, sinning. Like, we know that, the, that you have to warn. We said if have, someone has to have two witnesses who warn them. What's the nature of the, of the warning uh, uh, to someone who's about to commit a capital offense? You should know that if you do that, you're going to get executed. Right? And that has to be immediately preceding the activity, the act. Now, th- what if the person's silent, right, and they do that uh, aforementioned act, and then they're not liable to be executed? They have to say, yes, I know I'm doing it, and I'm doing it, Despite of that, it has to be spiteful. You know, it has, it has to be egregiously spiteful. 
Uh, so that is an example of, of, uh, of uh, um, the story of the Gathering Sticks is an example of someone who, uh, you know, who fulfilled all the character characteristics and you're coming directly after, you know, getting the Torah, Mount Sinai, in the Ten Commandments, and everyone was clear about that. This is obviously, a, you know, a rotten apple. This is someone who is saying, I was there, Mount Sinai, with everyone else. I heard the Ten Commandments. I heard observe the Shabbat. That's part of the Ten Commandments. It's the Fourth Commandment. And I'm spiteful, and you know what? I'll, so people warn me, I'm doing it anyhow. This is someone that the Torah says we don't want uh, in, in, in our communities, and it's better for, for them to get an atonement. Uh, but, uh, but, but, but to answer your question, at the core of, uh, of the law, the law the remains. The law doesn't change. You know? But our participation in the core, dis, you know, taking a stance in punishing people, that is only designed for an instance where, where it's... Uh, where it's where it's very rare, um, because it, it's a reflection of, of, of you know of, of the of the the tr- truth be told you know why are we taking the stance like why, we're the ones who are in charge of God's agenda you know if God doesn't like someone that's that's let him take care of it why are what's the what's the role of the court the role of the court is in a situation this is near in a community where the uh, the quality and the character the piety of uh, of the nation is so high. They're the ones who are at the doors ensuring that, that main, that's maintained. But once it's all chaos and, you know, when once no one's, no one's following the Torah or, or there's a dramatic departure from the Torah, you know, and, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a subject of ridicule and, and you know, people are not, not involved, well, then that, that's not their job. That's not their job to, is, is to foist upon a, a unwilling people uh, observance. The law, they're not changing the law. They're just setting a high standard of evidence for proving whether or not the law has been violated. No, it, well, that's, that's and if it has if it has the effect of making the law less likely to be enforced, like the, I think that's kind of the argument you're making is that by making it difficult to actually execute somebody for doing this, you're weakening. I feel like that's what you're saying. Well, it's, you're weakening the structure. Yeah, the punishment is, I guess my you know, the punishment is one of the six hundred and thirteen commandments. Is well, the the laws of the court and laws of jurisprudence and laws of establishing a court system that's part of the that's part of the six hundred thirteen commandments. However, capital punishment, that element where we actually execute people for certain offenses, that there are some caveats to that. That that's only done in a certain setting, a certain scenario. It's a high standard. Very high standard. For that, exactly. Difficult to prove it. Why did you see an Edwin just say we're not going to do this anymore? Well, because they're not the only ones. Remember, they're not the only ones who are. They're the seventy-one person court. They don't even see capital punishment cases, besides for the very, very rare cases. But the actual, you know, if someone commits murder in I don't know in in Hebron or in Shechem or in Afula or wherever, they go to the local court. There's a local twenty-three uh, justice court that they that they engage in capital punishment. You know, so if they didn't leave, then any court had the rights, if they wanted. To engage in capital punishment cases. Exactly. Yeah. So they left. They went to move out out of town. You know. Which, by the way, very important, like historical thing. If the Jews killed JC, there's a problem because we know that the Jewish that the Jews actually that that the court was not in session adjudicating capital punishment cases in the year, in the year 34. We know that for sure. If the, so maybe they came back. That's one of the arguments presented. Maybe the court came back because provided the temple's still there and the Sanhedrin is still convened, 
they, they, all they need to do is go back to Jerusalem. Once they're back in Jerusalem, well, then any court could engage in capital punishments. That, so that's, that's an issue. I didn't know. You're, you're saying the Sanhedrin <clears throat> was not in, in session when Jesus was being tried? Well, we know that they left in 30. And they left, and they were already in Yavne by the time the uh, 70 came around. Different city. So the question is, if they did it, we know that if the Jews did it, they would, they would have done it as per, the, as per the Jewish law. The Jewish law mandates that the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court, has to be in Jerusalem in session for any court across the world to engage in capital punishment uh, um, uh, so you're cases. you're saying that it would have not happened the way it was described. Unless the Sanhedrin came back to Jerusalem and made a special exception to say, okay, we're reconvening in Jerusalem in order to adjudicate this case. And we have no evidence. Not necessarily. I, I have found some sources that said that for special cases, they did come back to Jerusalem. Maybe yes, maybe no. I'm saying it's an interesting discussion, like from the, from the Torah perspective, we know, and, and from the historical narrative, like we, we know this is documented already from those times that they left. So the question is, did they come back or not? Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But no, not definite. We don't know definite. But that's ballpark. Like, I think even from a New Testament perspective, it's not like J.C. was being tried for violating Jewish law. Like, they were under Roman rule, and it was a question of tyranny charges against, I mean, not tyranny, but um, basically Roman charges for treason and for trying to basically instigate a rebellion against the Roman government. That was part of it, but wasn't part of it, Andrea, the blasphemy? Uh, that they, that, yeah. that the Sanhedrin believed that it, it was, was the high priest. Be... It was a high priest at the time. No, he I understand. Basically, bought the position. Yes, from what I understand. Yes, like, basically, there was a corrupt priesthood in the temple who essentially bought the position, and then they, from what, and this is my memory of the New Testament, they went to Pontius Pilate and said, "Hey, this guy's speaking out against Rome. You should have him murdered. He's trying to stir up a revolt against our leadership." Blah blah blah. Yeah, but the fact that, that there was Roman control over Israel doesn't mean that the Jews didn't have their court systems. Yeah, they because did. the Romans kind of let the local populace self-govern. But that yeah. method of death is not that's Jewish. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. That's, that's for sure. However... And Pontius Pilate had essentially had the final say. And there's the whole, right. I wash my hands of this, you decide. But he was the guy, he was the governor. He was right. making the call from a legal standpoint. Yeah, but uh, just yeah. to throw out another little curveball here. Um, it's possible that even if, I don't remember, I don't know, none of us know the real answer, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know if this guy even existed. We have, like, no historical... Well, yeah, but there's... Uh, well, we're not going to argument. There's, we composite, right, we're not going to go yeah. down this, the, this road. Mm-hmm. But I want... Well, yeah, I'll take a second. Listen, go ahead, John. Yes. There's probably some good people in there. They weren't all ball off. Yeah. It's my opinion. They're looking out for their own people because the Romans could go down the road and kill a Jew. Who the hell they? Sorry. Yeah. Not now. If you get this radical guy going, this is J.C. was, was legitimate, sure. If you get this radical guy going, he's going to stir up the rolling and 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 saying, hey, I'm the Messiah, hey, I'm the king, hey, let's revolt against you. He's the head man, well, no, but it happened all the time. Yeah, like, that's there what. were lots and lots of people just like him, and it all happened exactly the same but way. It, the just, others may not have attracted the number of followers that he was attracting. 
Or well, the not. others, the others yeah. were not selected by Constantine and then turned into a gigantic. Yeah, remember the religion. The religion would spread, you know, spread across the world, across the empire, hundreds of years after death. he's dead. You know, right? And, I mean, and these books were, you know. Not, uh, it, well, it, it, it was, but it wasn't the biggest of its kind. You know, we, Someone mentioned here the corruption of the high court. Like the Sadducees, they were a much bigger influence, a much bigger existential threat to Judaism. They, they were a much bigger population. They weren't the majority. They were still the minority. Uh, even the Essenes were bigger. Um, and all these different groups, all these splinter sects that, that sprung out, all these different sects and sectarian um, infighting, that, that happened amongst the Jewish people, you know, a lot of them just, they sprung off to become their own religion. They started off as being Judaism with a twist, and eventually they pivoted away from their own religion, or they disappeared. Christianity is the biggest one that's, that's, that's the, that's, you know, that has a, survived till now. Sadducees are gone, but at the time, they were by, by far, they were probably the smallest threat of them all. Yeah. Well, remarkably, remarkably, maybe I'm saying that they're making the argument. I, I, I'll make it very clear. I don't know what happened. I'm just saying that this adds another wrinkle to that story because if they did execute him at the time, which allegedly they did, then that's what would have happened. And I said there is one source, albeit a medieval source, but a one a source in Jewish, in Jewish, uh, in Jewish, in Jewish writings. And a substantive source that does say that maybe this did happen. I don't know. That's the right answer. If not this time, the Germans actually dispersed. Yes. What was the second most severe punishment? Obviously, they didn't have like imprisonment. No, they didn't have any imprisonment. They always, they always had, there was a no imprisonment. They had so they uh, the only the time there was imprisonment. And I want, also, I want us to also dovetail back to, to the question that uh, Steve brought up. Um, the only time they would have uh, imprisonment was for an accused murderer until the trial. We don't want to have murders running around until the trial. So if you cannot conduct a murder trial, what Well, if you cannot conduct, why would you not be able to conduct? Oh, oh, well, then they say, we'll leave it up to the local authorities, whatever, the Roman pro- uh, procurator and proconsul, whatever, let them deal with it. We're out. We're not doing that. We'll do, we'll do civil, we'll do criminal, like smaller time criminal cases. No capital cases for us. Let the, let the Romans govern them or let, I don't know, the local... Whatever, whoever's in charge, let, you know. They abdicated. They abdicated. They say we're not taking care of this element of of. of yeah. Yeah. Well, not not not, not quite, but. Um, but I want I want to point out here that. Like Rome may have said, no, you can't do this. You know, we could say yes, you can prosecute us. That's it's you know. I mean, we have the same sort of of thing set up in our court. Uh, but I want to say, I want to point out that I did mention that um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of hoops that someone needs to jump through or that a court needs to jump through to, make, to actually execute someone. Uh, but truth be told, 
that with regards to a murder, a murder is treated differently than all other accused. Like, for example, if someone is accused of, let's say, death of the Shabbat or adultery or any one of the other cases, uh, idolatry, whatever, whatever it may be, we don't really have a victim. You know, it's like a, it's a, it's like a crime against God. You know, a crime against God, let, let God deal with it, as opposed to when there's a victim and there's a danger to potential, you know, to, to, you know, to future victims. If you have a murder, God, you know, God you forbid. <coughs> adultery, well. Yeah, well, adultery, well, I guess you know. Rape would be a, uh, yes. would be a victim, but yes. adultery not. A, adultery could be right, but there's nothing that's as irreversible as murder. Um, so the Talmud does say that let's say we have a procedural problem that prohibits us from executing someone. So like, for example, there's two witnesses, the witnesses are homicide torture witnesses. They happen to have not seen together. Like one guy saw the murder, another guy saw the murder, but they saw from different windows, or they didn't see at the same time, or they warned him, but they warned him three seconds beforehand, not one second beforehand, or they warned him, but he didn't set them upon himself, the, the testimony, or they got mixed up a little bit in, was it 4.30 in the afternoon, or was it 5.30 in the afternoon, one guy didn't have the, you know, the, the daylight savings time. You know, some sort of procedural problem then we still won't let the guy go, even though we won't execute him. But we will kind of manipulate it in a way that he'll actually die. So like they say, what they feed him certain foods, they keep him in a closed cage, and they, you know, they give him like uh, stale bread, and they, then they give him lots of barley, and then it, it kills him. <laughs> no, 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 no. But the point is, is that we're kind of handcuffed because we cannot execute him if, they, if, if the procedural requirements are not met. However, we don't right, but we don't want to have someone that we know for sure is a murderer let back on the street, and we'd love to get away. We got you know, so that's one case that we that we might execute someone, but not directly, indirectly. We'll feed him certain foods and let him kind of kill himself, and you know, and this is not tough for anything else. Like we said, because this is an example of between man and man. You know, when a sin between man and man is number one, a sin against another man, but uh, you know, it's a double sin because it's a sin against God as well. Thus, a sin against man and man is essentially worse than a sin against man and God. Uh, between man and God. Because, you, you know, there's two kind of victims. God's not the victim, but it's, it's, it's two, you know, aggressions. One against your fellow man and one against God. God says, don't not steal, right? So you're transgressing against, against God, and there's also the victim. Uh, so murder is obviously, this, the, the worst thing you could do to someone else is to kill them. Yeah, that's why they're treated very harshly. So you'll say, well, you know, we don't want to have a situation where murderers are getting off because of procedural problems. Mm-hmm. You, know, you had no access to that. You were not allowed to take that evidence or whatever the kind of nonsense we have today. Uh, you know, that lets murderers and they go over and they murder other people. You know, that's, that's, that, that's not, uh, that's not, uh, that's not uh, being tolerant. Uh, you know, I mean, that's not, that's not being compassionate, etc. And honestly, before we move on, um, going back to the perceived unfairness in the death penalty for adultery and the death penalty for breaking the Sabbath. Yeah. Um, I see no conflict in those two things because they're essentially, um, they're the same because they're both about violating a covenant relationship. You know, adultery, you are violating the marriage covenant and you are, you know, sullying a covenant relationship between you and your spouse. And then there's also reference, I think it's in Hosea, that God um, views the Jewish people as a spouse. That yes. people, you know, like, himself to you or take himself unto you or take you unto himself as a bride. And so theoretically, um, you know, Shabbat and keeping the Sabbath is a piece of the marriage covenant between the Jewish people and God. And so when you violate that, you violate that covenant the same way you would violate your marriage covenant by having an adultery. And so 
it's actually the same thing. And, and we know that's part that's part of our liturgy day. on Shabbat is is it's kind of compared to a wedding, the welcoming the Shabbos bride. Exactly. You know. Yes. Where did you hear this? We, <laughs> yeah, that's what I. Seriously, I mean, that 